0: Hi, this is uh, Mike O'Connell. Before we get going with the podcast, I uh, wanted to give a little clarification here. Uh, This is my interview with uh, Dan Franks and Jared Easley, the co-founders of Podcast Movement. At the very beginning, um, I say that Dan and I are going to be talking at the Podcast Movement Conference. Actually, Dan was in town. uh, He was going to be on a panel with me at the Online News Association Conference talking about podcasting. Just want to clear up that so there wouldn't be any confusion. Enjoy. Do you want to see a live recording of It's All Journalism? Then come by the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. on Monday, December 11th at 6.30 p.m. You can find out more about this free event at itsalljournalism.com and on our Facebook page.
1: Since then, it's really evolved and now going on year five to a place where it's not only podcasters, and independent podcasters, but many professional podcasters and industry professionals. So not even the people talking into the microphones, but your program directors from radio stations that want podcasting.
0: This week, we take a deep dive into the world of podcasting as we talk to Dan Franks and Jared Easley, the co-founders of Podcast Movement, the largest professional podcasting conference in America. I'm Michael O'Connell, and this is It's All Journalism. So welcome to the podcast, Jared and Dan. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Michael. Now, Dan, let me start with you. We're actually, uh, we're recording this in the morning. We're going to be at podcast uh, movement later today and doing a presentation. One of the things I like to do you know, with podcasts around journalists is, you know, what's your journalist journey, but what's your, your podcaster's journey? How did you get into podcasting?
1: Yeah, so Jared and I think we both started in a similar way in that we were just hobbyist podcasters. We were talking about business on individual podcasts and entrepreneurship and small business and and interviewing different people that we found interesting and we ran across in the course of business. And while doing that, we came to meet a lot of other podcasters in the space, a lot of other independent podcasters that were doing things similar to us and really enjoyed that aspect of podcasting is meeting the other podcasters and, and interacting with them and hanging out with them and learning from them and all of these things. And that's what led us to create podcast movement, which is a conference for podcasters, is that that kind of desire to be around others like us and learn from others like us. And that was really the start of our journey or my journey, at least I don't want to answer for Jared. But the start of where we where we got to was that that desire to be around others and that that need for the community that didn't really exist. So, Jared, how about you? Which, you know, speak for yourself, sir. We're-
2: I will. I, I, Unlike Dan, I struggled with a lot of self doubt <laughs> about podcasting. I wanted to podcast way before I actually started. And, and some of the hangups were, I thought, isn't this going to be expensive? Aren't I going to have to buy all this equipment? And don't I need to be interesting? And don't I need to have all these things going on? And then I started looking into blogging. I just didn't want to put in the effort to blog. And having conversations and recording them seemed just way better. And yeah, finally, after I found a you know reasonable hardware setup, it was nothing stopping me at that point. But there was a lot of, you know,, eh, is this the right thing? Can I do this? I, I wrestled with that for a long time before I actually started.
0: Yeah, you gave away a couple of the secrets about podcasting. One, <laughs> most of the people do it because they don't
2: want to blog or write or do any really hard work. <laughs> it's really kind of simple well, to do. Then you learned it, this is much harder <laughs> in, in some aspects. So. It
0: is. It is. You know, the, that that's something that you know a lot of podcasters I've talked to that they they all express the the fact that you know this, the same sort of thing that, that you went through is like you know should I do this? Can I do it? Well, you know, I kind of want to do this, and then sort of diving in. And it's really kind of deceptive because the tools are actually pretty easy to use. But all the things that make a podcast successful and, and growing it and and doing it regularly uh, are actually kind of hard. Sure. So, so anyway, podcast movement. Let's talk a little bit about that. I, I was fortunate to go to, not this year's, but the last year's, the one in Chicago and had a really great time. It was a really nice conference. And you, well, how would you describe kind of what, podcast movement is and, and who's who it's for
1: all right i'll i'll answer that it's an interesting evolution of who it is what it is and who it's for uh, it certainly started out 100 percent as something for people like jared and i again independent podcasters or people looking to get into podcasting who uh there wasn't a place i mean there's conferences for everything these days and for whatever reason back in 2014 there wasn't one for podcasters uh, there was little, you know, pop-up, they call them pod camps, I believe. Um, and there was word camps like for WordPress. So very similar type uh, aspects where there's little pop-up one day events in different cities. But there wasn't kind of a central location for podcasters to go to once a year, like many industries had. So uh, we said we wish there was something like this for people like us, podcasters either new or experienced alike. And it didn't exist. So we just decided to create it. And that's really where it started was we crowdfunded it. We got a bunch of our friends and colleagues in the independent podcasting space to help support this and get this conference off the ground. Um, so year one was just for that um, and just for people like us. And and since then, it's really evolved and now going on year five to a place where not it's not only – podcasters, and independent podcasters, but many professional podcasters and industry professionals. So not even the people talking into the microphones, but your program directors from radio stations that want podcasting or, you know, your, your people selling ads on podcasts or your people buying ads on podcasts and really has become kind of representative of the entire podcast industry and ecosystem.
0: And that's actually one of the things I like about it when you compare it to other types of conferences, which are actually kind of opportunities for podcasters to perform. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna book ten different you know popular podcasts and and it's just you know we're gonna do live podcasts. This is actually about you know industry you know talking about the trends and, and the topics that are important to the industry, but also some hands-on advice about you know marketing, technical issues, editing. You know, all to, I mean, it just runs the gamut. Again, that was one of the nice things when I went to Chicago is you know I talked to a lot of different people. I talked to people who were you know dealing with analytics, who were you know. Talking about monetization and and the way advertising is kind of grow and and um, just even just the how to edit and, and engineer a really great sounding podcast. So, as a place to go for as a resource, it, it, you know, podcast movement is is really kind of interesting, and unique. So, you're going to be heading up to Philadelphia after after the O A conference. You know, what are you going to be doing there,
2: Jared? We want to visit the site where we're going to have the next event, which will be. Next summer, be July twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen, and Dan, and I we like to walk through the space and just kind of visualize, uh, you know, what we have on paper versus, you know, the, you know, what's actually there. So we're gonna do a walk through and and visit a few sites and uh, start putting all that together and mind mapping so we can plan go ahead and execute well next year so that's really what's what's happening we're gonna we're gonna do a meet up there too so uh, so some of our community that's up that way will come and hang out with us on friday night
0: yeah and, and we had uh the, there was a meet up that you guys hosted last night at a local cafe and i i was there for uh, for about an hour and, and got to talk with some of the local podcasters what did you what did you learn from from talking to those people the dc area podcasters
2: well i had a lot of fun talking to as many of those folks as i could and just what one thing that stood out to me was just the uh, diversity of the group. I mean, there was people that were representing all types of different niches. Uh, so, an example would be one gentleman was this thing is he's working on apps. He's really into the creation of apps. Uh, one gentleman was four hundred pounds and has lost over a hundred pounds and is you know working on being healthier and having a you know healthier lifestyle one lady is a military lawyer <laughs> you know it, i mean it, it, there's just all these another lady is is you know speaking out for uh, the hispanic community and trying to get them more engaged in in their local community and stuff it, it, there's just a number of really interesting and different people that were at that group i met uh, a lady and uh, her co-host that uh, do a a podcast called uh, the what is it? The Brown Liquor Report, <laughs> and, and they're engaging the you know the, the, the their community and, and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So it's just a diverse group, and I really enjoyed that. Just uh, seeing people that probably wouldn't connect any other way, but because podcasting is the hub, they, we all have that in common. Yeah, uh, one of the things
0: I know that Dan we're going to be talking about at the presentation we're doing today is just the variety of podcasts that are out there. I mean, people tend to will look at you know, the top 20 lists and they'll see all these networks, all these NPR podcasts and they'll say, well, where can I fit in this, in this, you know, ecosphere? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it can be intimidating. I think I saw one of the slides that you had put together for the presentation later and it's here's the top 20 podcasts from the last month or whatever, any, any timetable you were to select. And those top 20 are all going to be, like you said, from an NPR or from some of these big podcast networks that we call them, Gimlet, How Stuff Works, these uh, venture-backed, you know, had millions of dollars invested into these networks. And it can be intimidating for people like you, me, Jared, uh, and other people who are trying to either go at it alone or go at it uh, with a, you know, a, a much smaller war chest, so to speak. Um, and it can be intimidating. So it's really, it's really a matter of kind of diving in a little deeper and realizing that, okay, these top 20 podcasts and these top hundred podcasts, maybe, can be pretty intimidating because of these big name businesses behind them but in reality that makes up i think Jared what is it like 2% of total podcasts out there are actually these these you know super well funded things and for the most part it's people trying to do their own thing doing something unique and not necessarily going for those you know tens of millions of downloads a month i mean that's that's super great too to aim for but quite honestly one of the the best things about podcasting is you don't have to create something that has a super mass appeal. You know, if you're trying to pitch a radio show to a large radio network, for instance, you probably do have to give a reason why this should go on this network that anybody at any time could sit in their car and turn on and potentially be interested by. Whereas in podcasting, you can say, no, here's my unique audience. Here's the people that this show is for. And while it might not have this mass appeal to millions of people, that's the, that's the joy of podcasting is it can just have this unique, super niche subset of audience members that you're aiming for and that you're looking to serve and entertain and, and inform or whatever the goal of your podcast is. And I think the, the whole thing is to, to kind of embrace, not necessarily look at podcasting and look at the negative of some of these big networks being involved, but embracing, no, this is the uniqueness of it. I don't need those big networks and I don't need the millions of downloads. Or the millions of listens to necessarily accomplish whatever it is, whether it is to inform or entertain or, or any of these other things. And I think it's it's really about just kind of looking at things from a different perspective than you normally would.
2: But that said, I want to uh, share a story of Aaron Mankey. I don't know if you know Aaron, but yeah. uh, Aaron spoke this year, and he told about how he was a, an author and he was writing books, and uh, not a, not a lot of traction there. And he decided to start sharing some of those stories on a podcast, which. Ultimately, really uh, started working out well for him. A lot of people were checking it out. Someone in Hollywood started listening, and next thing you know, they've offered him an opportunity to write a show, a t- television show version of the podcast, which will be debuting, I believe, this month or next month on Amazon Prime. And stories like that are amazing. You know, okay, yeah, you got the big boys that are doing really amazing things, but then you have someone like Aaron who's just super passionate and, uh, you know, is consistent and continues to build a a loyal audience. And now he's, you know, producing this show for Amazon
1: prime. But that's part, that is part of the joy. That's exactly what I'm saying though, is he didn't have any of those backbones. He created something that he had no intention of it becoming what it is now. He gets tens of millions of downloads a month. But in reality, he was like, Hey, here's something that I think would be really cool. I'm, I'm interested in creating this. I want to create it. And he did. And it just worked And he didn't have any major funding or any major marketing or any major PR. And now he's, yeah, now he is one of those top 10 or top 20 podcasters on a regular basis. And it really is just because he created something for a unique audience that just caught on.
0: Yeah, one of the things I, you know, in talking to a lot of podcasters that I've kind of learned is that, you know, there are some people who are able to monetize it. There are some people able to do, you know, big and great things in it. But there are a lot of people who are doing these things just because of the joy of it. It's something that brings them happiness. It, it it exposes them to what whatever their community is. You know, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a military lawyer. This you know this this exposes me to a certain segment of the audience. Maybe that allows me to expand my expertise and my connections. I always look at the you know podcasting is a at the very least it's a it's a it's a creative outlet. It, it gives you an opportunity to to go out and speak your mind and and sort of push yourself a little bit. But then also I, I look at it as like a Like an opportunity creator or a door opener that, you know, once you start doing something that, you know, this is somebody I talked to last night at the the meetup, he was talking about how he, you know, he's starting his his own podcast, his own business podcast. And, you know, he's been in business and marketing or whatever for, for years. But, you know, once he got the podcast, he was getting people returning his phone calls and and wanting to talk to him. And he was able, he was able to make connections and sort of redefine himself for his audience.
1: Yeah, that reminds me. um, There's one of our friends, Dave Jackson is his name. And on his podcast School of Podcasting, he has a segment. It's called Because of My Podcast. And he just interviews podcasters from all over the, the ecosystem. And they tell him, like, here's the things that happened to for me or to me because of my podcast and very rarely is it you know i got hundreds of millions of downloads but oftentimes it's i started my new career because of people i met mm. through my podcast or i just got a new job or i got hired to fly to peru to do to do a fitness seminar this is a, <laughs> one of the ladies at the meetup last night she was a fitness instructor yeah i know who
0: she is yeah. yeah
1: and she she because of her podcast she ended up getting hired to fly to peru to give these talks and to teach people about fitness and, and health down there and it's just really again kind of that taking the step back and looking at it from a different perspective is when you're going into radio or you know television or any of the traditional mediums, there's kind of a traditional path that you need to take to find success. But with podcasting, uh, it's it's just not that way. And that's that's something again that I really like to encourage people to embrace: is there's not just one way to go about it.
0: Yeah, and the other thing you know you mentioned uh, you know traditional radio, traditional broadcasters. I mean, we're kind of at a point where the industry is 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 expanding and you know, business, you know, broadcasting business, the media advertisers are really taking a hard look at, at, at what podcasting could be. And are you at all concerned that, you know, these corporations are going to be actually making a lot of decisions that are going to kind of drive the direction of, of
1: where things are going? I've seen as many big businesses already get into podcasting and fail and quit as I have small independent podcasters do the same thing. So I don't think so. I think there's some charm and it's, it's not, you know, podcasting is still small in the grand scheme of things in terms of the number of people that consume podcasts on a regular basis. And that's growing, but there's still almost that small charm where if you put something out there, that's just not good or it's just, you just don't get it. It's not going to succeed. Like no, whether you're a big business or whether you're a small individual there's a certain level of expectation that people that podcast consumers expect and not to say that they have a more discerning taste than maybe radio listeners but they kind of do because with podcasting it's active listening you get to choose what you listen to and you can turn it off you know with radio you know you might not like anything on the radio but with podcasting there's so many choices out there that it really is a matter of if it's not good people are not going to listen and It's not going to work. So because of that, I think that it's a little self-governing in what comes into the space and what changes are made.
0: Yeah, it definitely is a self-correcting system because, you know, usually the people who don't because it takes a lot of effort to do a podcast. You have to have the gumption to do it. You have to have the drive to record regularly, post regularly, you know, set up guests, work things around your schedule. That takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. And the people who don't have that drive, you know, after a few episodes, Lose interest or they move on to something else. Um, so and, and the people who do have that drive, they, they begin to learn how to do their craft better. So hopefully, hopefully after a period of time and a, a period of effort, you're going to reach a sort of plateau where you're succeeding in, in some way. Um, and you mentioned Dave Jackson. I, I, I was fortunate to you know I, I met him at Podcast Movement and I interviewed him for the book. And he he asked me to to do an interview. I think our interview was like three minutes long. And he's like, well, what you know, what have you gotten out of podcasting? And I was able to to do a book. I was able to talk to you. I'm able to talk to you people here, and we're going to talk about podcasting at Podcast or at at ONA. So you know, these things happen if you put the effort in. Now what would you say to somebody who, who wants to start out as a podcast? Somebody comes up to you and say, Hey, you do podcast movement. you know, you must know a lot about podcasting. I have this idea for doing a podcast about
2: X. What what should I do? I think you should not overthink it. <laughs> That's a tendency that I fell into and and you can you could potentially podcast just from a mobile device. So it's it's not about having to get all this extensive setup um so that that'd be my advice is is um if you're if you're going to do it go ahead and make a plan to start don't overthink it and then um use what you have you don't need to necessarily take a bunch of resources and invest in all this stuff right out of the gate because you're not sure if your idea is going to work you're not sure if you're even going to like podcasting so i think that's that's probably a a reasonable approach for the independent hobbyist person. Now, if it's a, a company or an organization or something, you know, that might be a, a different conversation, but for just someone wanting to test the waters, I think, uh, get an idea and just start and look up a couple of ways to record, even from your mobile device. And, you know, there's lots of apps and stuff out there that accommodate that. So I, I think that's probably the best.
0: Yeah. The, the barrier for entry is pretty low. Yeah. And it's actually all the other stuff that you do, the the work that you put into planning and coming up with ideas and stuff. I think that's really kind
2: of the important oh, stuff. Oh, one more thing is uh, I, we see a lot more of this now where people will take a, a Netflix season approach where they'll say, OK, I'm just going to um, over
1: deliver on 10 episodes and then evaluate from there. So I think there's some wisdom in that Dan. versus just saying, all right, I'm going to start a podcast. We're going to put a new episode out every week into perpetuity, which can be a lot more intimidating than saying, no. We'll put kind of a plan in place, we'll put a season one, we'll do ten episodes and then we'll see is this something we want to continue doing or just say no, that was that was our show it was that those 10 episodes?
0: Something like serial had sort of set that pattern and, and a lot of people have done it to great success. And that just shows you how flexible the medium is and that the fact that we're real there we're still re- really defining what it is. I don't think we' have gotten to the end point of what podcasts can be. I mean, we've got people who are doing, you know, like radio plays or comedy plays, you know, things like that. Or, you know, it used to be the idea of a podcast, one, you know, one guy in his garage, and you know, talking to a microphone or talking to his friend about comic books. But now it can be so many different things. And that's that's one of the nice, exciting things about it is if you have an idea that you can present in audio fashion that that's going to engage an audience, it, you can pretty much the sky's the limit. I guess that's that's what I believe. It's yeah, funny. So far, <laughs> it's it's funny when you were talking about you know people overthinking it. When I a few months ago, I had somebody that uh, friend asked me to talk to this guy who wanted to do a podcast, and and his his one of his first questions was, you know, I listen to these podcasts and I see they've got like advert, you know, like advertisers like Blue Apron. Should I should I contact them? And, you know, he hadn't even really thought about any of the stuff, any of the planning about podcasting. And I was like, well, that's kind of. Far down the line, make let's see if you've got a product that Blue Apron would be interested in. You know, maybe you're able to lure them into signing a contract. What happens if you get three episodes in? And you're like, oh god, I hate this.
2: <laughs>
0: so, so you know, go ahead, stick your stick your toe in the water. So, I get the impression from talking that you're both pretty hopeful about the future of podcasting.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that to me at least, I see so many similarities between on-demand video. And how most people now, especially the younger generation, consume their video through Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime or at the very least DVR their shows and then watch them on their own time. And I think on-demand audio, which is basically what podcasting is, has a very similar trajectory and I think it's, it's trailing a little bit. But I think so many people now are accustomed to watching the shows they like on their own time that I think the very same thing is starting to happen with audio. And I just think it's a it's a there's a learning curve to it. Right now it's more mainstream to, you know, get a Roku device and watch, you know, Netflix or any of these things on there. But I think the same thing exists with, you know, Apple Podcasts on your iPhone and Stitcher on your on your Android phone and these different apps that once that learning curve is kind of overcome and people figure out, hey, this is just like what I do When I'm watching TV, but now this is what I'm going to start doing when I'm listening to audio and it just makes too much sense with, you know, audio and I know YouTube is becoming is very popular now, but just the audio medium is never going to go away because you can listen to audio with so many different situations when you can't watch video, you can't watch video while you're driving or at least you shouldn't while you're at the office the the boss is going to walk by and be okay with you listening to something versus you know watching something so there's so many situations where not only am I very bullish on on the audio entertainment medium but the on demand aspect of it as well
0: it's funny because like the whole on demand idea you know I've been thinking for a while about you know what you said that you know that people have sort of learned through Netflix or, or their DVRs, this idea of that they're kind of in control of their content, which is like, A, the, the big appeal. But the other thing that, that I didn't even think about until recently is that places like Netflix are, are training people uh, to value the content that they're going to look and find and program, that, that getting them the idea of you know, I'm going to go ahead and pay for a subscription for this. And I think that that's really promising for our industry. This, this idea that, you know, oh, all podcasts should be free. Well, you know, let's put some ads on them. Let's, you know, maybe, maybe they're part of subscription service that you, de- you pay for this app so that you can get the type of podcast you do. I think that that's sort of changing as well.
1: Yeah. And I think you, you, you pointed out basically that, that active choice to what you consume versus passive Back in the day, as they say, you would turn on TV and whatever was on CBS, that's what you watched that evening, whether it's, you know, whatever, any of these crime shows. And a lot of them are now, when you compare them to some of these Netflix original series coming out, are very bland in comparison. These Netflix shows are just better. I mean, they're starting to win all the awards, Are the Netflix shows and the Amazon shows. Um, And it's because that content for whatever reason is just being is more thoughtful on those platforms. And I think it's the same way with audio to where you're more forgiving when you just turn on the radio in the car and just listen to whatever is on the channel you traditionally listen to. Whereas when you have an active choice through podcasts, that forces the medium to produce better content, I think, because people so much easier again to turn off and to turn find something else.
0: Yeah. And people connect with audio in a different way than they do with video. It's much more personal. You know, you're in the car, you're, you're listening to it in earbuds, it's one person talking to you. And this is, this is nothing new. I mean, people knew that about like radio shows that, you know, morning radio that people identified with a particular DJ that they liked. So the, you know, the fact that this stuff is on demand, that we can get it in all different pla- types of places is great. So yes, we all agree that podcasts are a cool and great thing. So before we wrap up here, I just want to ask you, do you have a guilty pleasure when it comes to podcasts?
2: I do. Okay. A show that I never thought I'd listen to but I love is a show actually about professional wrestling. But it's not even about current professional wrestling. It's about wrestling back in the late 80s, mid-90s. And when I was a kid, I was really into that. And so the the gentleman that does the show, he was a character in wrestling back in that time. And now him and another co-host, they basically go through the timeline and talk through what was happening uh, behind the scenes, what was actually going on during you know these moments and wrestling, and and for some people they've already turned this off, but <laughs> for me that that is a great show and I don't miss it. I listen to it every week because you just I'm just not going to find that anywhere else, and it brings back a lot of fun memories and it's a it's a good show. It actually won best sports podcast this year. It's called Something to Wrestle With, and uh, it's it's an excellent show. But uh, I I don't know that I would sit down and watch. Something like that on TV necessarily, but uh, I listen to it every Friday when it comes out. So that that would be my guilty
1: pleasure as a podcast. How about you, Dan? Well, Jared stole mine. I actually <laughs> I, i'm gonna I'm gonna call <laughs> him out. I, in, I introduced him to that show, so I'll, uh, thank you, Dan. You stole mine. Um, but I'll, my guilty pleasure is one that really a lot of people would probably have the same answer to, and it's this whole true crime genre, and it's so big in podcasting right now. But it's really interesting, kind of what it's done not just to podcasting, but done to unsolved murders and unsolved mysteries and stuff. For whatever reason, these types of shows and it's, you know, investigating uh, cold cases is becoming really popular now. And a lot of these cold cases are starting to be solved or starting to be reopened and reexamined and new evidence presented because there's been a podcast about this story. The one that comes immediately to mind, there was one in Georgia and it was Up and Vanished podcast as the one that covered this murder, this disappearance of this girl 15 years ago, maybe. And it was just simply a case that everyone had forgotten about. And this podcaster decided this cold case, this looks fishy. It looks like there's something, you know, going on here. And and I don't remember the circumstances that led him to looking into it. But when he started looking into it, it brought the conversation back up. And since then, two people have been arrested for this disappearance. And it's basically, you know, because of my podcast. And that's a really big because of my podcast. But it's just interesting that this medium has turned into a place where, it's literally changing people's lives and affecting people in a positive way and I would say my guilty pleasure are these true crime podcasts and it sounds a little morbid to say that but it's more so for the you know very similar to the serial case you mentioned earlier where this unsolved mystery kind of could be you know back on a trajectory to figure some things out and that's that's I think where the the infatuation with this comes from is that that kind of thing is happening
0: yeah in the dark was another one that i yeah that in the re- dark was great is yeah. a great one it's beautifully produced they had all this great audio from old tv and radio reports and stuff like that and then we did one here oh my god uh neil Log- <laughs> i'm gonna forget what it is uh the investigation continues with they just uh they just wrapped it up because they had finally solved this 40 year old murder in the in the dc area a really terrible case but there. are Opportunities there, you know, if you can think of something, you can probably turn it into a podcast. Uh, isn't that the one of the internet rules?
2: That if there's, <laughs> if there's something like, let's, let's well, you might that. be surprised who's interested in listening to what it's on your mind. That's yeah. for sure. Okay.
0: Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming in, uh, Dan and Jared. Thank, Thank you, Michael. you. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com You can also subscribe to It's All Journalism on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podcast One. Hey, have you heard? We're going to be having a live podcasting event on December 11th at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. We'd love to have you there for our panel discussion about the future of the alternative press. Go to itsalljournalism.com or the National Press Club website to find out more information. Even if you can't make it, don't worry, you won't miss anything. We're going to be recording the event and posting it later the same week. Do you want to find out more about our podcast, like future live events, and uh, more information about our Patreon campaign? Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at itsalljournalism.com. It takes a lot of people to produce an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this week's episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell.
1: The Game Podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Ball
0: play to Sean, across the 10 to 5, touchdown Seahawks! Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss
1: sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search podcast D.C. The Capital Culture Podcast with your hosts, Rachel Nania and Jason Fraley.
2: We have a new podcast called Capital Culture. Each week we
1: go in-depth with chefs like Marcus Samuelson and writers like Bon Appetit's Adam Rappaport. We'll also talk plays with Kathleen Turner, movies with Emma Stone, and music with Smokey Robinson. Not to mention some of your favorite WTOP voices. The Capital Culture Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcast1.com, or at wtop.com. Search Podcast DC.